Do you want to know how to get your brand featured in mass media outlets to increase the trust and credibility in your brand? Mass media exposure elevates the perception of your brand, attracting customers, increasing sales, and outselling your competitors. So listen in because the Magnify You podcast has been made for you. I'm your host, Monica Rosenfeld, and I've been running my PR agency, Wordstorm PR, for 20 years. Over that time, we've worked with literally hundreds of brands and positioned our clients as the go-to media spokespeople for their industry. I'll be talking to journalists, talent agents, media professionals, and inspiring entrepreneurs about what it takes to get your message in the headlines. Welcome back to what is the final episode of Season 1 of the Magnify You podcast. I'm your host, Monica Rosenfeld, and this week I'm delighted to welcome into the studio none other than Katrina Strickland, who is the editor of The Good Weekend, which is that fantastic, juicy magazine that comes with the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age every Saturday. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, Monica. We're going to start by asking, just please describe your role as the editor of Good Weekend for us. What does it entail? Oh, okay. So Good Weekend is a weekly magazine inserted into the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age newspapers every Saturday. And it's also, our stories go online also at the Brisbane Times and WA Today. So I like to think of it as a a brand or a masthead rather than a print magazine but the print magazine is I guess it's heritage and it's heart and soul and it's it's kind of main thing but it, you know we're going to have events next year we're hoping to do a podcast next year we've done some merchandise and we, we our stories live online so so it's really a a brand, I guess, that, that lives mostly in print, but not only in print. Right. Yeah. I guess like all content nowadays, it's repurposed in different ways That's to reach right. different yeah. people. So exactly. very smart. And as the editor, what does your role encompass? I'm putting the stories together. I'm putting the magazine together, really. So it, it goes from commissioning stories, from the small bits in the upfront and the back to the big features editing those features, obviously not all by myself, working with our designers and photographers to how to illustrate the stories, getting them sub-edited onto the page, proofed out the door, and then the the marketing of it, and then the, as you say, repurposing. So then working out, okay, what's going online, what's going what's going to go on the home pages of the papers? Do we want to release them on Friday or Saturday? Where do the, you know, how can we promote this, that or the other? And then when the issue comes in, working out where are we going to put, you know, ads. So it's everything from actually putting the commissioning, conceiving each week, putting it together and then getting it out there in various channels. So as the editor, are you the one that has the um, authority to say, yes, we're going to write this story or no, we'll leave this story? Do you make that final decision? Yeah, I mean, we do have a team. So we have, I've got a fantastic deputy in Anne Highland. We've got a fantastic creative director, Tim Bior, photography editor, Tega Sadlier. There's there's a big team but and we have writers, but yes, ultimately it falls to me and we have sub-editors too, so yeah. Okay, fantastic. And how far in advance um, is each magazine conceptualised? Good Weekend, I absolutely love that magazine and every week it's full of some fantastic long-form articles. So how far in advance do you plan each part of the magazine? We probably, we've got a schedule like with weeks to come and I would say that there's things on the schedule at least three months ahead but it's a movable feast. So 
you know, as you get closer, you lock in what might be in that week. So I might have, you know, a dozen features on the go at any time and I and because you need to get the mix right like oh that one's a bit of a downer I can't have another downer in that issue what else have I got that might might be a, a better contrast to that so yeah I would say th- we plan three months out but we might not be actually nailing down what the say the November 9 issue is for today until three weeks out right and then yeah. for the upfront sections and the other sections that aren't long form articles are that is that also three months out or it kind of is but it's so so if something came in sooner like closer to the date that really worked then you might drop something or push it back so it's a, it's a really a constant juggling and moving things around so our schedule which we all have um access to you wouldn't look at it and think that's how it's going to be because it there's things moving the whole time as i said because what you decide your cover story is would oh we've got two things on school kids we better do spotlight as a different one this week or yeah. me or we've got too many men or we've got too many old people or young people or you know so you real or too many things on medicine or yeah so i would say if if you're wanting to get into those sections the further out that you pitch the better because it has to be really good to to kind of jump in at one month out yeah and in the team um are there full-time writers as well or is it mostly commissioned to freelancers no we have full-time writers in fact fantastic we've got five actually so we've got um tim elliott amanda hooten greg callahan in sydney jane cadzo who's based in canberra melissa fife and conrad marshall in fact that's more than five isn't it (laughs) <laughs> I can't count. That's how many there are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. And then every now and then um, there will be an article commissioned. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, not every now and again. So yes. so they're our core. They're our on-staff writers. And then there's a team of, of freelancers who I trust, who I know can write long form, who I'll use pretty regularly. Then we, we do buy in some pieces from the New York Times and the Telegraph of London. And then, yeah, there's other people. There's more of a minority that, that would be just, people pitching something great and where does everyone get their story ideas from really i'd say mostly from life so rarely would it come from a press release to be honest it's more like keeping across what's happening in the world what's happening in australia reading the papers listening to the radio having conversations with friends they're the things that really generate ideas more than something that comes into your inbox i'd say i mean obviously of course if someone's got a book out or an album out or you know something that they're doing and they're really interesting or high profile or something then we'll get you know that that's often a good hook for a story on that person and interestingly often if they are very well known if they're celebrities they tend to only want to do these things these days if they've got something to promote whereas I think you know decades ago people were more open to being profiled purely because they're interesting now everyone wants to push whatever it is they've got so yeah yeah that's what I would say it's mostly I mean we try and do stories that will get people having conversations on Saturdays at the kids sport matches or at the cafe or that kind of thing so they're the kind of issues and trends and people that that you think people would want to discuss and how often do you have sort of production meetings as a team to go through sort of what stories are on the boil and what 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 people are thinking could make a good story so we have a weekly production meeting with the with myself and and my deputy and our designers and picture editor but that's really just kind of locking in that week's you know that's 
just about to go to print and, and looking at the schedule ahead. The writers, it's more of a one-on-one thing because um, they're all based in different cities. It's more that I just have really regular phone conversations or email conversations with them. We do try and have a, all the writers together you know, probably once a quarter and, and it, they all love that because it's, you know, it's a really great way to throw ideas around. But, yeah, it's much more of a ad hoc, you know, one-on-one conversation with them that I'll have or Anne will have or they'll have with each other. Great. And there's an absolutely brilliant section within Good Weekend, which I really love, called Two of Us, where two people who have some sort of relationship are interviewed about it and the, the way they cross over in life. What, what are the key ingredients to a fantastic Two of Us column? Yeah, that's one of our most popular columns, actually. In fact, I'd say it probably is the most popular. And it's because it's always about the relationship between two people. So I guess the key ingredient is that it has to be very real and very deep. A lot of people will pitch relationships just because two people happen to be in a business together or that they're not really good friends. They they need to be a genuinely strong, deep relationship and it needs to have gone through ups and downs. So, And they need to be prepared to talk about that. Like a, a, a two of us doesn't really work if they all just say, oh, she's lovely, he's lovely. You know, they need to actually say, yeah. when I went through this down thing, they helped me come back up. So it kind of has to have that that narrative up and down, I guess. And through that, you, you get to see their relationship and their friendship and, and what they've been through together. Yeah. Upfront is a great section full of entertainment news and reviews. And again, I often read these and think, oh, I have to try that restaurant or I have to buy that product. That's just the way it works, which isn't good for my wallet. But anyway, (laughs) Um, so what would your advice be sort of to get your product or your dish or hospitality business featured in this section? Really read it. it. And that sounds like such a basic advice, but so many people who pitch to Good Weekend clearly don't know the product. And that would be my overarching advice to anyone who wants is whatever it is that you're pitching to, read it. (laughs) Know who writes those sections, email them directly. If it's those smaller sections, probably better to go direct to the person who does it because they they work out what they're going to do and I might say yes or no or give them an idea or Anne might give them an idea, but it's basically their section. And just think before you pitch, does this fit? You know, like I think if you read it every... There's nothing to actually do better than read it and get a sense of the kind of things that run there and just if that's not right like if it's a a small thing in a tiny little somewhere or another it might you know why is the reason that someone in melbourne that's the one thing i often say is when um, the vast majority of our audience is melbourne and sydney so what you have to think is if you're in sydney say why would someone in melbourne be interested in this now they might be you know like it has to be something that that you can kind of that you know someone will be interested in who's not necessarily where you are. And in that upfront section, it's always full of great images. Um, so how important is a, is a good image when you're pitching to someone like Greg who writes that section? Well, he will source the image, so you don't have to provide that. Um, but to get his sort of attention. Yes, I, th- yeah. I mean, we definitely need to... We do quite a few conceptual things, like he just did one that's, I think, coming up in a few weeks about cloud spotting. So, obviously, you can, you know, get a great picture of the sky. But some of the other ones our picture editor does go, oh, my God, how am I going to illustrate that? <laughs> so, um, if there's a great possibility of a photo, that certainly helps with anything, really, because magazines are visual as well as, as um, written word. So... 
pictures are very important. Um, and how many pictures would you and your colleagues receive every day? Hundreds. And are you, are you actually able to read no. all of those? No. So no. how do you sort of skim the list to sort of see what could be a story? Yeah, I mean, that is my constant battle weekly because, you know, putting out a weekly magazine, it's like a train coming into the station and <laughs> it's going to get there whether you're on it or not kind of thing. So it's a constant battle juggle between doing the production on the issue that's coming, reading stories and assessing, you know, that have already been commissioned and, and filed by writers and then looking at what's coming up and looking at what's coming to your inbox. I mean, I find if it's just really generic, I don't tend to even open it. I'll look at the subject line and because we get so many that are clearly not pitched to us. They're just, we're just on some big mailing list. If the subject line doesn't make me think, oh, I need to know that, I delete without opening. Sorry, people, but I do. I, I couldn't get my job done if I didn't. If it's addressed particularly to me and it looks like it's something, I'll, I'll try and open it and reply. But again, I just don't have the time to do that on everything. I mean, it really has to be relevant to us. So that's my main advice. Is And it's such an obvious thing. I don't know why more people don't do it. Look at the publication and work out if it's relevant to them or not because there's so much that I get that I don't need to open because it's it's never going to feature in Good Weekend. It's not right for us. It's yeah. right for other places. And can you sort of remember any specific pictures that really got it wrong, you know, that just, I mean... Oh, well, actually, <laughs> we all laugh because this happens all the time and we're all, we could all do it ourselves. The ones that are addressed to your competitor magazine oh. never... <laughs> Never do anything but get a chuckle. Um, I got that a lot at Channel 9. I worked yeah. at a current affair and it was constantly, oh, we'd love to be on today's show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't really help. I do think if it's if you have worked out that it, it's specific and it, it should be for that magazine, address it to the writer or the editor that you are pitching it to rather than just sending a generic email. That, that'll help. And just don't don't spend too much time writing making it pretty because no one really reads it they just want to know what it's saying that you know they're going to skim it to get to the point so make the point short sharp and direct and then they'll you know they'll contact you if they're interested don't don't waste hours or days making sure it's written beautifully because it's wasted on us as an audience great advice and what sort of images do you look for in the exposure section that's another beautiful section yeah. with a incredible image every single week um, and a little story that goes with it. I don't know why I'm telling you, the editor, what... No, no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm glad I you like I'm it. I telling the listeners out there. <laughs> That's right. Um, um, but, yeah, what, what sort of images do you look for? And there are beautiful photographers out there, non-photographers taking fantastic images all the time. So if they sort of wanted to get um, in the publication in that section, how do they go about that? Yeah, so mostly we do use professional photographers and we do put out to all of our on-staff photographers, but also the ones, the freelance photographers who we use, you know, have you got anything for exposure? And they often do. Members of the public do quite regularly actually email us in beautiful photos that they think might work. More often than not, they don't. I can't really say why, but I guess that's why professional photographers are professional because they, they take a better shot than you or I or most members of the public, which is not to say members of the public. We had a beautiful one from a beach once that a... 14 year old girl sent sent in or her mother sent in and and it was her friend doing handstands as the, as the sun was going down and it was just beautiful so we have used those ones and and there's always a lovely story to them but I guess it's what makes a photographer uh, any photograph 
it's it has to be kind of visually arresting. Sometimes it can be because of the shapes and colours and the kind of design element of it. Other times it's just whimsical or, it, you know, it makes you feel sad or happy or delighted. It kind of has to evoke an emotion, I think, if I could say that's probably a good way to put it. Okay, brilliant. Um, the articles in Good Weekend are long form and often involve interviewing experts from lots of different areas, you know, yep. to get a well-rounded knowledge base and opinions. Mm. There are lots of really good experts out there who could contribute to these articles. What would your advice be on them becoming known to, to the writers so that they're the ones that are called upon for if, you know, their topic is being written about? That's really hard, I think, because it's so random, isn't it? You know, like yeah. you don't know what stories we're writing, so you might send in about a person, but if it's not at the time that we're doing that story, it'll just go in the bin. So, yeah, I would just say when you've got something that is really newsworthy, make the contact then, and then I think once you have the relationship, you know, we, when you have something that's really newsworthy, again, you'll probably be able to email, and because they know you, they'll open the email and might see that even if they don't do a story they'll at least look at it but yeah I think it's I think it is hard to say how you get you know I mean I guess you kind of need to be doing something interesting to get a journalist along to like say if you're having a breakfast or you need something to start the relationship I would say yeah um, and, and it's hard to, and I don't think that's generally a press release because unless it hits at the moment that you're looking at that subject you're not really going to... And I guess when the... We don't file those things, you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess when the writer's writing their story, they're researching as well, who can I speak yeah, to about right. this, that and the other. And then I, I guess they'll have a file of people they can go back to. And But as you say, it's about starting that relationship in some way. That, yeah. And, and then nurturing it. That's right. I think that's the main thing. And then... It does build on itself. So if you're someone in your area and you've been quoted, then when the writer is researching the subject, your stories will come up. So they might think that you say smart things and have a have a good view on it, and then they'll, you know, more likely than not ring you. I mean, that can get tricky because there's some of those people who are kind of rent a quote are not the best people. They're just the best at at managing the media. So you kind of don't want to only go to the very obvious sources but but it's always a good place to start if there's been someone who's because they know you know if you ring them they've got to ring you back quickly and not leave it for days they're not nervous they're not trying not to say anything because they don't want to say anything you know like the people who appear in the media often they know how to how to do it um and do you and your team go to events regularly or every now and then i'm sure you're invited to oh, yeah. many 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 and what would entice you to go to an event as opposed to not go to an event? Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, I could go out every single night twice <laughs> if I wanted to do, but um, I choose not to. I do go out like this week. I've been out every night for one reason or another, and I don't really want to do that, but I'll go either because it's of interest, potentially for a story or to just to talk to people who might be good contacts for the future for stories it's an advertiser who you kind of need to have a good relationship with or just if it's a fun event you know okay. um, so yeah. businesses launching things or 
um, having you know panel discussions or whatever are they the sorts of events you'll go to I or? tend I tend to avoid lunches at all costs because I find on a weekly you just can't have two or three hours out of the day out it's just too hard so I tend to do breakfast I quite like um, and things like this like where first thing in the morning I tend to schedule my coffees and catches up with people in the morning or yeah I kind I kind of think a 6:30 seven o'clock dinner or cocktail or something there yeah so okay great and Amanda Hooten and Joanne McCarthy were recently listed as finalists in the Walkley Awards um, for their feature on vaginal mesh called the nightmare within mm. I actually read that article at that time and I was horrified <laughs> mm. um, so what impact do you do you think these sorts of stories have in creating change oh huge impact I mean one of the things that I really noticed so I was at the financial review and the Financial Review magazine before I came to Good Weekend, because it's got such a really wide kind of broad audience, you can really move the dial on any kind of subject really. So putting that on the front, putting something like that on the front cover of Good Weekend makes a difference. It really does. Policymakers notice it. Companies that are doing the right or wrong thing notice it. It gets huge impact. We did a really moving story last year on motor neuron disease and there was a doctor in Sydney who's doing really groundbreaking research into it he got thousands of dollars donated to his cause as a result of that story so so it really does you know and that's the most heartening part of the job actually is that you can do stories on issues of of social importance and they can they can really make a difference. Yeah. I, the media is so powerful in that, bringing to light issues that need to be brought to light and then people either realising this is happening for the first time or, you know, responding to it and supporting the people out there who need help. Uh, well, thank you so much, Katrina. You've given brilliant insight. Um, really, really enjoyed talking to you and, um, and I'm sure the listeners out there as well have been hanging off your every word. So thank you very much. Thanks, Monica. Well, that's it for season one of the Magnify You podcast and what a great way to finish. I really want to thank you all for all your feedback and reviews and I really appreciate your messages of support that you've sent me on my social channels. Next week, we'll be back with a bonus episode with highlights from two great interviews. So stay tuned and we'll be back next year with season two of the Magnify You podcast. See you in 2020. Thank you for joining Monica Rosenfeld on the Magnify You podcast. If you liked the episode, rate and review the show on whatever app you listen to the show on. You can listen to Magnify You on all podcast apps, including Apple and Google. Spotify and the TuneIn Radio app are other great ways to listen. If you are looking for a marketing speaker for your next event or PR for your business, contact Monica Rosenfeld at monica at wordstormpr.com.au. 